Acts of the Blood God. <laughs>Welcome to another episode of Axe of the Blood God, US Gamers official RPG podcast. I'm your host, Kat Bailey, and with me today is my lovely co-host Nadia Oxford. Hello. And as always, we'll be covering RPGs, big and small, Eastern, Western. It's our favorite genre. And uh, well, we are not going to be talking about anything in particular this week, uh, but we do have a bunch of news. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about Skyrim being confirmed for the Switch. <laughs> There's a big surprise of the week. Shock. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Pokemon Stars, the purported Switch third version. We're going to talk about the Pokemon Bank delay. And we're going to read a little bit of mail. Yay. Uh, as of the launch of this episode, it is the day after Thanksgiving. So I just want to wish a happy Thanksgiving to all of our listeners. Uh, I don't know that I can shoehorn any particular Thanksgiving topic into this episode. Um, But I will say that I have a lot of fond memories of playing RPGs over the holiday break. Um, Most especially Pokemon. Mm -hmm. Nadia, you're Canadian. (laughs) This is not your special holiday um, because you guys are heretics and you like to have your Thanksgiving on another day. We do, but you know what? I still have uh, one of my favorite Thanksgiving, Canadian Thanksgiving memories is um, the Thanksgiving weekend of one particular year. I can't remember. I think it was maybe 95, 96. That was the year I bought my PlayStation and Final Fantasy VII. So that was a really nice weekend, especially since Canadian Thanksgivings are usually very warm and golden to begin with because they're in October. Uh, whereas right now it's like freezing cold and gray and ugly. Ooh, that's too bad. Yeah, so I like Canadian things. My Thanksgivings were characterized by road trips to North Dakota. Oh, uh, nice. I think I might have mentioned this before. And I would bring my Game Boy and play games until the light would like i I couldn't see the screen anymore because it was (laughs) would be getting so dark yeah good times um dark being like by 4 30 p.m around this time of year yes but i would do my best um i would be squinting by the passing street lights trying to play whatever i was playing games like uh, the first rpg i ever played was on the game boy and that was final fantasy legend Oh, nice. Uh, have you ever seen that uh, comic about how kids today will never know the struggle of trying to play a Game Boy by streetlights? Oh my god, no, I have not, but I totally identify with that, because that was me. I was that kid. Yeah, as the lights kind of just go flashing by, and you're kind of glancing at the screen. Definitely look it up. It's a really cute uh, comic that's done in like an animated GIF form, and you can see this guy as a little kid trying to play on a road trip, and he's the screen's just flashing over uh, streetlights, and he's trying to play Zelda. It's really cute. Yeah, we were, and the other thing that I remember is sitting there with my Game Boy, and the, when you plugged in the four AA batteries, the light would initially be really bright. And That's right. Like, yes. The the red light would be initially very bright, but then as it dimmed and dimmed and dimmed, you'd be like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Come back. <laughs> I need more, I need more game power, because it wasn't just a, uh, well, time to charge it up kind of matter. Nope. It was, oh, God, I need to go get some AA batteries right the hell now. <laughs> or beg your parents to buy them, and they could very well say no. You'd bring, like, this giant pack of batteries with you on every trip because they ran your CD player. Uh-huh. They ran your Game Boy. They ran everything else in the world. They were so. great for the environment. Also, um... Uh, apologies to all the North Dakotans listening to this episode, but North Dakota is not the most interesting state in the world. <laughs> Doesn't that have like the Laura Ingle Wilder stuff and the, or is that some other state? Probably. Um, <laughs> I'm a big fan. It, it has, it has the Badlands, uh, but you have to get to the, the Western half of the state to see that. Otherwise it's mostly flat boring terrain. Uh. And I was living in, uh, my grandparents lived in a small town. Uh, called Mine It, which uh, was basically a retirement community with some kids. Oh, exciting. And so when I wasn't, you know, walking, (laughs) (laughs) I was playing my Game Boy Uh or watching TV. Yeah, interesting times in the the pre-smartphone era. Yeah, no kidding. Your your choices were look out the window and uh, daydream. Pretty. Too much. And also being like, when am I going to get back to my computer so I can play TIE Fighter? When am I going to get back to my computer so I can play TIE Fighter? When am I going to get back to... Yeah, you, you see the point. Yeah. 
But I hope that you had a lot, a, a really relaxing and enjoyable Thanksgiving with your family or your friends, the family that you choose. Do me a favor and send me the RPGs that you were playing over Thanksgiving. I'm kind of interested to hear what you guys were enjoying. Were, the, were you playing old school RPGs? Were you playing new school RPGs? <laughs> uh, were you working on, I don't know, Pokemon? Yeah, probably or any Pokemon. other or Fire Emblem, or one of the new RPGs that have come out. I'm, I'm kind of curious, so drop me a line at the underscore catbot, or send me an email at cat.bailey at usgamer.net, and tell me what you've been playing. All right, Nadia, last mm-hmm. week we mentioned that you had purchased a PlayStation Vita. Yes, you indeed. one now. I do. And uh, the, the listeners want to know, what are you get buying for it? What RPGs have you gotten aside from Persona 4 Golden, which it's your homework to buy? Yes. Um, well, since there was a big sale on uh, the PlayStation Store, I went ahead and bought... Um, uh, here's the thing about my PlayStation account. I, I had an old one that something happened to it. It got locked away or whatever. But the point is, I had to rebuy a lot of my old favorites, which wasn't so bad when they're all on sale for like $2. So... I rebought Final Fantasy VII, of course. Of course. Um, I, I think I rebought Wild Arms because um, I Ooh. love Wild Arms. It's uh, I, I played that one before I played Final Fantasy VII, and I feel like a lot of people overlooked it because of Final Fantasy VII, which came out very quickly afterwards. Um, I re- I already had Chrono Cross, so I re- loaded it onto my Vita, which is a, a, a kind of a flawed as a sequel to Chrono Trigger, but as an RPG on its own, I love it. Um, we don't great. have Jeremy here, but he could probably spend the rest of the episode just going on about how Chrono Cross is a... Well, I, I think he said that he did the guide for Chrono Cross over Thanksgiving, tying into the previous topic. Oh, hey, there we go. I know that he is on game FAQs as a Toasty Frog for his, the Chrono mm. Cross guide. So if you need yes. help, look it up. <laughs> <laughs> um, I re-downloaded Breath of Fire 3 and 4 because I actually haven't finished 4. Um, I haven't played very much of 4, actually, so I, I thought I'd give that a try again. And um, that's all I can remember off the top of my head. Well, you got a bunch of games. That's really good. I did, good. and it, it all cost me less than 20 bucks. Hey, hey. You should get Persona 3 Portable. You think so? Yeah, uh, because while Persona 3, unfortunately, and I've said this before, I, I, I really think that Persona 3 needs a remake because uh, the PlayStation 2 version is pretty old at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't look super great on SD televisions. Um, I mean, it looks okay. I mean, yeah. on H- on HD TVs, but not super great. It has some like it's quirky in that you can't really give direct orders to your party members, mm-hmm. which can be kind of frustrating in a a really intense battle. Though I'm sure that somebody is going to tell me about why I'm wrong and how it <laughs> made made the game and how it made Persona Four way too easy or something like that. Um, if I recall correctly, you could in- issue direct orders to your party members in Persona Three Portable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, you can play as a as a girl. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So, and then you can date all the boys, which <laughs> is. And, and you get different scenes and everything. And it's awesome, actually. I, I really like it. Yeah, but I'll so, be honest. When I play RPGs, I always play as a boy. Or almost really? always. Yeah. Why is that? I don't know. It's just uh, sometimes... Well, see, I'm kind of egotistical. And sometimes I take a character that I made myself for one of my stories and I turn them into the game. So mm. <laughs> that's part of it. But uh, I have to say, just going off topic for a second, that it was really cute in Dragon Quest Builders when... Um, you still had the same characters courting you, regardless of whether you were a boy or a girl. So I had this real beefy guy, like, you know, telling me, like, you know, okay, you're kind of cute, but you don't have enough muscles for me. So I just kind of like that. <laughs> but he, awesome. he did say we could take a bath together, so that was nice. Oh, that's so wonderful. It was kind of cute and warm. Uh, so, yeah, Persona 3 Portable. The only thing that's kind of a drag about Persona 3 Portable is that because it's on the PlayStation Portable originally, mm-hmm. it has static... It has like static screens and everything. So you're not actually exploring the town. It's more point and click. Right, right. Yeah. So it, it feels like more of a visual novel with the occasional bout of exploration or something. Yeah, I get it doesn't take that. away from how good the story is. Yes, and of course. the battle system is still good. And the flow of the game still works extremely well. But there is something to actually walking through a town mm-hmm. that I think is missing in Persona 3 Portable. So. Mm-hmm. All right, well, I will definitely add that to the list. 
Yeah, actually, there are a lot of really terrific PSP games on the the P, uh, the PlayStation Vita. Yeah, that you can just download directly from the PlayStation Network Store, and I feel like this is a fact that tends to get overlooked. Yes. Uh, for example, there are a lot of really interesting and weird Sting RPGs. Oh, if yeah. I recall correctly, Gunier is a Sting RPG. Uh, you can get that. I, I think you can get Yggdra Union. Could be yeah, wrong. Yeah, that sounds familiar. I know you can get Hexis Force, which is kind of a, a more traditional RPG. Yggdra Union is um, Yggdra Union was a tactical RPG, but it, it was fun. I, I liked it. it. Sting RPGs were characterized by their really good art and mm-hmm. their kind of quirky. They're kind of quirky visuals, and they're sort of apocalyptic storytelling. Right. I should they probably... had Nights in the Nightmare, which was a bullet hell RPG. Oh, boy. This was kind of like Undertale, but uh, probably more bullet hellish, because Undertale was kind of, did have its bullet hell moments, but it wasn't entirely wrapped up in it. Undertale was a, what was it, kind of an adventure game with bullet hell elements. Yes, exactly. And light and lots of fourth wall breaking in video game terms i suppose Mm -hmm. where nights in the nightmare like the bullet hell life aspects i feel like were a lot more center stage rather than a secondary mechanic so that sounds pretty good that's interesting uh i don't know that i would necessarily recommend it like right off the right off the top of my head but it is different if you're looking for something interesting it has great art yeah i already mentioned and of course final fantasy 4 collection Yes, 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 yes. But I have that for my PSP, but that's not going to stop me from buying it again. Oh, you still have your PSP? I still have my PSP. Um, the battery fell out. My brother <laughs> my brother lost the ori- my original PSP on a bus to Vermont, so he bought me one of the new ones. I forget, PSP Slim, I think it was called. Mm. Um, he's like, yeah, I'm really sorry. I lost your PSP, and I lost the battery to this new one. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm like, oh, thanks, bro. At I least bought- he was honest. I bought a PSP 3000 while I was living in Japan. Oh, yeah. And all of the games that I owned for it were in Japanese, if I recall correctly. Mm-hmm. And I had quite a few games for it. Um, actually, one of my favorite games was the Gradius Collection. Oh, nice. Yeah. And I, I got, I managed to get a two-pack uh, that figure that included um, Rockman X Collection. Sweet. And also the Mega Man Legacy. Not Mega Man Legacy. Yeah, you remember, they powered up. Yes, yes, Powered Up. That was a good game. I liked Mega Man Powered Up. It was very cute. I was actually really hoping that we would get uh, Powered Up 2 and uh, Maverick Hunter X 2. Um, unfortunately, I guess because it came out at a very awkward time where downloadable games still weren't a thing, and it just it was full price for both games, and no one really bought them. So you had these two great games that were just kind of, they fell by the wayside, and it was really a disappointment. That is really disappointing. But uh, I don't know, the Vita... The Vita is kind of, it's still kicking a little bit. It still has a bit of a pulse, kind of like the Wii U, but... Yeah, it definitely has its fan base. Oh, it definitely has a fan base. And there's still games coming out for it. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of, the, lots of games in Japan get dual release PS Vita and uh, PlayStation 4 or PlayStation 3. Yes. Uh, case in point, uh, ST Gundam G Generation whatever, <laughs> which is, should be out like this month. Man, mm-hmm. I need to check. I, I actually need to check Play Asia to make sure that I get that. Uh, is available on both the Vita and the PlayStation Four, so it's still getting games for it, especially yeah. if you don't mind importing games. So, it if you are an RPG fan, I strongly recommend it, if only for the PlayStation One and PSP uh library mm-hmm. which uh and on top of the fact that it has playstation 4 or sorry persona 4 uh golden which you'll be playing and we will be talking about in the new year nadia hooray i look hey. forward to it someone was mentioning it's kind of like a book club <laughs> persona book yeah, club i'm all right with that yeah that should i don't be fun. know if i'll be playing persona 4 golden myself but because i've already played it <laughs> yeah but I don't know. Maybe I will. Yeah, maybe we'll know. set a kind of a destination to get to and then play up to it together and then uh, have a chat. Yeah. Nice. Good times. All right. Nadia. Mm-hmm. Uh, shocking news. Mm-hmm. Shocking. Shocking news. I am shocked. Skyrim confirmed for the Nintendo Switch. Oh, my goodness. You're kidding. 
Bethesda's, Bethesda was holding us in suspense. Uh-huh. It, it was touch and go there for a while, but it looks like uh, the impossible has become possible. <laughs> I mean, the game that was being prominently featured by Nintendo mm-hmm. as a selling point for the Nintendo Switch will, in fact, be coming out on the Nintendo Switch. Oh, my gosh. Um, is it re- it's, uh, the remastered version, right? Uh, I haven't read confirmation one way or the other. I would be shocked if it wasn't. Yeah. Uh, just going by the um, the commercial that they had for the Switch, that was definitely the remastered version. You could tell because of the really, really red sunsets. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot, Skyrim, a lot of red edition. I mean, it wasn't a given that uh, Skyrim was going to come out on the Nintendo Switch. No, but if it if it hadn't, um, I, I could have seen a lot of people being like, what the hell, why are you pulling this bait on Switch on us, Nintendo? Like that's, I, I could see a lot of people being pissed off if that was the case. I mean, do you remember Milo? Was it Milo? Uh, it was the um, the Connect demo. Oh, that jerk! Yeah, yeah. With Peter Molyneux, and it was like you're talking to this kid inside of a game, and it's like he's alive, and we're using the microphone and the gesture system, and he's like your new virtual best friend. Yeah. D O A never came <laughs> out. Was never well, a thing. Was just a demo. That's true, and um. I can't remember if that was because it was cancelled or it was never intended to be a game or it was just totally changed in in the process of development development before being canned. It was a real mess, as I recall. I don't know if you ever read that um, Eurogamer story about Lionhead Studios, but it was really fascinating. Oh yeah, you should definitely go check that out. That was a that was definitely a once in a lifetime story by our mm-hmm. sister site Eurogamer. Really phenomenal job by them. So yeah, you should definitely go check that out. But in any case, Skyrim obviously, Skyrim Remastered is obviously a very different animal from yes. Milo. <laughs> it exists. And it's it not does exist. <laughs> it has existed for a good five years at this point. Mm-hmm. It is on multiple consoles. It is not a shock that it is being ported to the Nintendo Switch. It does speak maybe positively to the Nintendo Switch's uh, hardware capabilities. Yeah, I think so. Um uh, I've heard mixed stories on how powerful it is, and we're not going to get a real answer until Nintendo gives it to us, but uh, it's not exactly a last-gen game, obviously. It really depends on the the processor that it is using, uh, what generation it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it will say a lot about how good that console ends up being. Knowing Nintendo, I feel like they're going to try and keep the price as low as possible, Yeah, which tells me that they are going to maybe use outdated tech we'll see yeah we, we that's the thing at this point we have to see because at this point rumors aren't going to cut it so we already discussed this a little bit in our big nintendo switch discussion mm-hmm. but do you think skyrim would be a good portable rpg i think so i, I would definitely like to play it uh on the go I, I remember the the commercial for the switch had the guy playing it on a plane and we talked about how it is a really good plane rpg could be and uh, God knows it's power. not exactly twitchy. No. It's hack and slash. Yeah. So it would be fine in that regard. I suppose playing it on the on the screen with my headphones on, uh, just kind of chilling out on a plane could be interesting. Mm-hmm. It is definitely one of those games that I kind of prefer to enjoy on a big screen TV if possible. Yeah. But you can do that with the Switch if you want to. We can do that. That is one of the big selling points of the (laughs) Nintendo Switch. So uh, this isn't like a Nintendo 3DS or a PlayStation Vita situation, right? Yeah, where you have to be by a Wi-Fi signal, as I recall correctly. Here's one thing I would like. Mm -hmm. If they're going to put it on the Switch, Mm -hmm. I hope they have additional content. That would be nice, but, um, well, I don't know know if that's going to happen or not. I think that would be a Nintendo, that would be a ball in Nintendo's court, because... They've never been a fan of straight ports, as I recall. Mm-hmm. So I, I can see them telling Bethesda, look, you know, can you put some more content on in this game for us? And maybe Bethesda would. Yeah, a lot of places aren't super big fans of just straight up ports. And they want something exclusive that is a selling point on their system, aside from the fact that it's on their system. Exactly. Um, especially since uh, Skyrim on Switch is a pretty big deal. Fairly. Fairly five year five year old RPG on maybe fa- I think Fallout Four on the Switch might also be kind of a big deal. Yeah, I wonder if that's going to happen. Hmm. Or you know, here's what would actually be a big deal: 
Elder Scrolls Six. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Can you imagine like Elder Scrolls Six uh, launch on the Wii on the Switch? Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's never gonna happen. <laughs> Exclusive to the Switch. <laughs> Exclusive to the Switch. I think everybody would lose their freaking mind. Everyone would go bananas. And not in a good way either. No, I no, think absolutely not. PC fans in particular would be just frothing at the mouth. Oh my god, they'd start a war. But that's not going to happen. So. No, but um, I'm just thinking of the time when uh, Squaresoft went uh, PlayStation exclusive, and that's that just like blew everyone's minds. And then they put was it Final Fantasy 13 or 12 or something? Final Fantasy 13 went to the uh, the Xbox 360 as well. And that was another, like, oh my god, what is going on here thing. And I'm like, ah, oh, you youngsters, you don't remember a thing, do you? Alright, so Skyrim has been confirmed. We know that that is going to be a thing. That's good. Mm-hmm. Um, probably not going to buy it myself, but I'm glad that it exists. Pokemon Stars, on the other hand. Now, that is a game that it, if it exists... I will totally buy it. Yes, so, if that's true, that is a big system seller right there. Uh, last, I think it was the end of last week, Eurogamer and a few other outlets reported, <laughs> based on multiple sources, that Game Freak has been working on Pokemon Stars in conjunction with Pokemon Sun and Moon. Mm-hmm. And Pokemon Stars will not be a launch title, but it will be on the Switch next year. Most likely holiday 2017 game. HD Pokemon, a third version essentially in line with Emerald, Crystal, and all those games. And Pokemon Z, which we never got. And Pokemon (laughs) Z, which we never got. And it begs the question, do you think that people should hold off on Sun and Moon for the 3DS and wait for the Switch version? I really don't think so. I mean, I'll be honest. I I, I heard about Stars, but I had no idea it wouldn't be a launch title. Um, and if that's the case, no, go ahead and, and buy uh, um, Sun and Moon because number one, they're fun. Number two, if we're really talking about an HD remake of uh, or an HD consolidation of uh, Sun and Moon, then um, you're probably looking at a very different game. Because I was thinking, okay, why isn't it a launch game if it's just like you know a third game in a series? It's like, well, if they really are upgrading it to be HD, that's probably a lot of work. Mm. But so you're going to be waiting for a bit, and and if that's the case. Heck, buy all of them. <laughs> Do you think they maybe did all of the assets in HD and then downgraded it for the 3DS rather than the other way around? That's a good question. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, but I will say that looking at X and Y and looking at Sun and Moon, I was like, wow, this uh, Sun and Moon looks a lot better than than X and Y. And X and Y, to definitely. me, wasn't a, a shoddy-looking game to begin with. No, it was all right. It was definitely decent-looking on the on the 3DS had a few technical problems, but the Pokemon certainly looked yeah, great. Yeah, the Pokemon level looked fantastic. So it all kind of makes sense, and I would be... I, I actually really think that Stars is going to be a thing. Yeah, like, I, I could see that definitely being the case, because we already knew that Game Freak was working on something. There was compelling circumstantial evidence based on a few things. Mm-hmm. First of all... Pokemon Z looked like it was going to be a thing. There was a leak mm-hmm. in Koro Koro, which is a Japanese magazine that frequently leaks Pokemon new Pokemon stuff. Yes. And Pokemon Z, like it, it all made perfect sense. It was going to feature Zygarde, which was the, the third legend in Pokemon X and Y. It, this is always a thing in Black 2, White 2. They had... um. There was Zephyrm and Curium and the dumb dragon thing, the ice dragon. Oh, I can't remember its name. That's how that's how significant it was. It was kind of a badass. I liked it, but and then and then Zephyrm and Curium like came together. Yes. <laughs> and like turned into God knows what. I don't know. That was black too and white too. And before that, we had like Rayquaza was oh, yeah. the star of Emerald. And in Diamond and, Pro- and Platinum, Giratina was a star of Platinum. Mm-hmm. So this is just what they were doing. And, and Zygarde was going to be the star of Z. We were, potent- a, we were presumably going to be getting lots of interesting post-game content. There was a lot of stuff that was kind of like weirdly closed off in X and Y. 
uh, there was the hint in Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire that a Battle Frontier was coming soon. Mm-hmm. Battle Frontier, of course, is the post-game theme park that was in Platinum and Emerald. Mm-hmm. And it just... It just felt right in the timeline, but then it disappeared. It did. It just vanished. It just vanished, and we had a a year gap, which has not happened in a while. Mm-hmm. And there is compelling circumstantial evidence that the Pokemon Z team was shifted to work on Sun and Moon for the 3DS or on Stars for the the Switch, and that they, it was basically all hands on deck to get this stuff ready for the right. launch of the Switch in 2017. Yeah, so um, I definitely, I have no problem believing it's going to be a thing. So, Nadia, you've been playing Pokemon Sun and Moon. Mm-hmm. Are you enjoying it? Like, would you want to get Pokemon Stars on the Switch? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I'd very much look forward to that. For num- Number one, it would be, um, it, gosh, it would be like the finally the debut of Pokemon on a console. <laughs> like, <laughs> a real Pokemon game on consoles. What, you don't think Pokemon Coliseum was a real game on console? I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, we did a whole like underrated RPGs thing about Pokemon Coliseum, so yeah. Well, it was great for what it was, but let's face it: like um, a mainline Pokemon game on console—that's a big deal. That is a big deal, absolutely. And I'm assuming this is me, you know, making ass out of you and me, but I'm assuming that they would add a lot of content to really kind of show off that Switch. To, to really show off the Switch, because I could see Nintendo saying, go all out on this one. Like, show people what, what you can do. Show them what the Switch can do. Take advantage of that dual portability sort of thing. Yes, historically, the third version has been the definitive version yes. of the game. Yes. Uh, game Freak has a superpower that I, no other de- developer I can know of can th- that I know of can do, which is that they can get people to buy three copies of the same game. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, it's up for debate whether you need both copies of, like, say, Moon and Sun or whatever. The third copy is almost always fantastic. The the third copy is always a definitive edition. Mm -hmm. If you go back to Crystal, in Crystal you had, that was the third version of Gold and Silver. Mm -hmm. And it had Suicune on the cover. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and uh, that was uh, going to, talking about new systems, that, system, that game was engineered to really take advantage of the Game Boy Color. It was, yes. Uh, it also had the first female protagonist mm-hmm. in the series. The mm-hmm. first time you could select a be a girl, mm-hmm. which was awesome. Yes. It was the first time uh, that we had animated sprites. Mm-hmm. And it introduced an entire like new side quest around Suicune. Which like really built out that legends um, kind of like mythos and everything. Yes. And I actually really liked it because Suicune is, uh, I-, I think Suicune is probably my favorite of the legendary dogs. Yeah, me too, definitely. Uh, it's just the coolest design. Um, has historically been very useful throughout the throughout the the line of the series. So like Crystal, I feel like really set the tone in a way that even Yellow didn't quite. Yellow was kind of a weird tie in to the to the cartoon to the anime. Yeah. Yeah, it was very strange. Uh, and then we had Emerald, which I, I think might be one of the best games in the entire series. Uh, it was phenomenal. It it combined the stories of Ruby and Sapphire into mm-hmm. something that was a lot more coherent and interesting. Well, I mean, as coherent and interesting <laughs> as, as Pokemon gets. <laughs> as Pokemon can be. But you fought both Team uh, Magma and Team Aqua mm-hmm. rather than fighting one or the other and having the other be kind of weirdly heroic. Yes. And there was a whole new like storyline with Rayquaza coming down uh, to like put Kyogre and Gruden to sleep. And like there was a whole new dungeon in the Sky Pillar. And well, maybe the Sky Pillar was in Ruby and Sapphire. I don't remember. But I, I recall that there was a whole new dungeon. But of course, the Battle Frontier was the biggie. Yes. And not only that, but like the Emerald Emerald was a, kind of the unifying moment for the third generation. Because up until that point, like Ruby and Sapphire, like all of the monsters were kind of locked away. Yeah. Um, in, and then some of the monsters were unlocked in Colosseum. Some more monsters were unlocked in Fire Red Leaf Green. But then in Emerald, it was like, all right, everything has kind of come together. Yeah, and I personally uh, love Rayquaza. He's one of my favorite uh, legendaries. He just looks cool. Rayquaza is pretty cool. Um, I, I thought that he 
played he was really strong and so everybody used him in omega ruby and alpha sapphire yeah and it was kind of annoying <laughs> but all three of the legends in omega ruby and alpha sapphire were actually kind of badass i really yeah. liked them with their uh primal the primal, primal evolutions or whatever uh and pokemon let's see pokemon platinum kind of followed in the footsteps of of emerald mm-hmm. i never played that one though believe it or not it was snowy yeah yeah, it was snowy, and so everybody was wearing, like, coats, and they kind of subtly <laughs> changed the story. Uh, it wasn't faster, which was unfortunate because the battles in that game were really slow. Yeah. But it lets you go into the distortion world to go get Giratina. It changed things up a little bit in that regard. It added the Battle Frontier. Uh, and not only that, but, like, it did a lot for the competitive game. Mm-hmm. Because it brought in a lot of, like, really interesting moves that, like, for example, made Shizor, like, uber-powerful. Yeah, that's why everyone uses him, I guess. <laughs> it also gave the world the different forms of Rotom. Oh, that's right. Yes. So you got Rotom the Lawnmower and Rotom Wash and Rotom, like, Fire. And we all made fun of them at the time. <laughs> the Lawnmower but, especially. <laughs> but I have a Rotom Wash. And... Rotom Wash has been historically one of the best defensive Pokemon for multiple generations now. And I've seen a Rotom Lawnmower in com- the competitive scene more than one time. <laughs> it's usually Rotom Fire or Rotom Wash. Yeah, I don't the- usually see the Lawnmower. I saw the Lawnmower. Well, then again, the Lawnmower one got demolished in that uh, video of a Parachu. Parachu? What's, what? How do you pronounce that name? The little squirrel Pokemon. Pachirisu. Pachirisu, the one where he demolishes the uh, the Salamence and. Uh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, he demolished the Lawnmower uh, Rotom too. So, but that was a great video. And of course, Pokemon Black Two and White Two. What's kind of technically a third version? Yeah. But, I mean, it was also it was a sequel, right? Yes. Which made it weird, but it had the benefit of telling an entirely new story, mm-hmm. which I appreciated. Uh, in addition to having like all of the post-game stuff that you kind of come to appreciate, the Pokemon World Tournament, which is phenomenal. <laughs> I've, <laughs> I've sung its praises on this podcast more than once. Uh, being able to take your Pokemon to Hollywood and make it a star, <laughs> and in fact, I think that in uh, Sun and Moon from from the hacks that I've seen of people who have hacked in uh, the the entire Pokedex into the game, mm-hmm. the star like pops up in Sun and Moon if you got it in Black Two and White Two. Oh, really? Yeah, because I saw people dropping in like Sceptile and the little star like popped up, and Aww. I was like, "Oh my God, yay! My Infernape <laughs> is, can be a star again." <laughs> I just love the idea of an Infernape being a star. Uh, Black 2 and White 2 also, one of my favorite, absolute favorite things aside from in-game achievements was that if you completed the the Pokedex for that region, or if you found, if you saw every monster in that region, you could enter the Mysterious Garden, mm-hmm. which had a shiny Haxorus for you to capture. Nice. That was awesome. And the shiny Haxorus I still use on my team because it Aww. was really, really good. That's yeah. sweet. So... Basically, the third. This is all to say that the third versions of the Pokemon games have historically been really, really good. Yes, and it, the fact that we're getting it this soon is great because while Sun and Moon is solid, if you go read my, if you listen to my rant last week, and also went go and read the breakdown of the post game content in Sun and Moon on the site, it's okay. Yeah, like you mentioned that the, the post game. Like I, I've never been a huge pokemon post game person i'm usually pretty content with just kind of tooling around after the main quest is done but i'm really in it for the main quest uh but yeah i can definitely see why post game content would be important to some people well i just like that it the best post game content can stand a stand on its own apart from the overall metagame of catch this battle that yes and that's important i believe that stuff like the battle tower is really good for grinding up battle points so mm-hmm. you can get items um and it's kind of a challenge i guess and oh look uh there's red and blue cool yeah but something like the battle frontier was like a legit challenge for somebody who just wanted to play solo right and something like the hollywood thing was just like oh this is a lot of fun and cute and this is an interesting way to like continue to 
make my Pokemon a legend or whatever. Yeah. I I really hope that they build on the the photography mechanic. I really like that, uh, but I haven't found as many, like, I haven't seen as many Pokespots as I would have liked, you know? Yeah, I'm actually really surprised at how, like, you use it a couple times and then it just kind of goes away. Yeah, um, I found a few, don't get me wrong, but uh, it it feels like they could really expand on that, uh, even you know, maybe having more opportunities to take uh, Pokemon in funny poses and, and maybe even uploading it to a, a live audience instead of a, uh, you know, a pretend audience. Oh, man, be able to put it on Instagram and stuff. Yeah, that'd be so cute. I mean, if you were using the Nintendo Switch's capabilities, mm-hmm. it would make perfect sense, right? Yeah, like for like a, a Miiverse type thing. Like, I'm sure they'll have something similar to that for the Switch. Oh, I absolutely they will. I, yeah, I totally believe that they will. So yeah, there's definitely something that can be built upon. Um, And it feels like Battle Royal is like a Battle Frontier event that kind of got lost and dropped into the middle of uh, Alola. So (laughs) I actually really like Battle Royal. My only complaint about it is it's real slow. It is pretty slow, isn't it? But I I love the idea of four-on-four Pokemon battles because you have this real, just this random, this randomness going on. Uh, and I really dig it. If it was a bit faster, I would probably be on Battle Royale all the time. Uh, and of course, Pokemon Stars will in some way presumably build upon the the main storyline and find a way to feature... Uh, we'll see. When you... There's... I, I think the third monster... The third... The third legendary that you can get, you get at the end of the Ultra Beasts uh, subquest at the mm-hmm. end of the game. So presumably he will feature a lot more heavily. Yes. In stars. So yeah. And in uh, any case, I look forward to that because I really like the story for uh sun and moon. Me too. Um, I think that sun and moon story is probably the best. The series has seen in quite a long time. Yeah. Definitely one of the stronger ones. One, uh, one more note on Pokemon sun and moon, which is kind of unfortunate. Pokemon bank delayed until January or Aww. not. Delayed, but Nintendo is or Game Freak is intentionally holding off on uh, doing the updates until January. Yeah. What do you think of that? I, I'm guessing you don't really care that much. I don't use the Pokemon Mag nearly as much as you do, but I have been kind of jonesing to get my uh, my Pokemon from Red and Blue into <laughs> into Sun and Moon. Finally, mm. my uh, little my Mewtwo named Mewtwo. <laughs> my Mewtwo named Mewtwo. <laughs> yes, I was a dork. I still am. I suspect red and blue will be, aside from the fact that it's just kind of cool to be able to connect it to Gen 1 and like teleport them into Gen 7, mm-hmm. it will be a useful way to get the original starters, blah, 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 blah. Can you imagine, though, like warping your, if you have like a Gen 1 por- Pokemon and like warping its mind, bringing it into Gen 7? What the hell is going on here? Where have you brought me? You would break it like Pet Cemetery <laughs> or the jaunt. Longer than you think, Daddy. Longer than you think. Longer, than you, Longer think. than you think. <laughs> oh God, that's twisted. Uh, yeah. So Pika 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 Pika. Fort claws its eyes out. Yes. <laughs> so that was the thing. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, but I think that it's made me less motivated to play through the the battle tree and capture all of the ultra beasts and play through the battle royal because i don't want to do that with the the monsters that i took through the story because as far as i'm concerned they're kind of throwaways Mm -hmm. they're they're placeholders for you they're really placeholders and i know that people are like well those are the monsters who are by your side through the entire story i'm like "Eh." yeah but then you get Eh. like your your infernape as you were saying has been by your side for years Years and years. Exactly. So I can understand. I'm wandering that. Samurai Infernape. Um, <laughs> going back to uh, Heart Gold and Soul Silver. And like, I was writing about it in the community question, like all the things that I've done uh, with Infernape. And so it's just, it just seems wrong not to do all the post game content with that. Mm-hmm. And God, I've had my Gengar even longer than that. I had my Gengar and my Starmie go back to Fire Red and Leaf Green. Wow. Which was in 2004. Speaking so of Gengar, more uh, than a decade. have you seen the uh, description for Gengar in, uh, I can't remember if it's in Sun or Moon or both of them, where uh, basically it says, if you feel a chill, that means a Gengar is nearby, just give up. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Time to get your things in order, a Gengar is nearby. 
Gengar has been one of the strongest Pokemon for since the beginning. Mm-hmm. And continue, and I think Mega Gengar might have even been banned at one point uh, <laughs> by Smogon. That was how good Mega Gengar was. It's just one way or another, Gengar has always been popular, and therefore it's been very always been good. Yes. Though Gengar was not available in Ruby and Sapphire. Oh yeah, I guess not. He, I guess he was one of the eliminated ones. One of the dumber things that they did. Yeah, let's let's just leave out one of the most popular Pokemon in the game. Yeah, I think that's Here, why a lot use of people... Dusclops instead. Yay! <laughs> Which, by the way, Dusclops was actually cool. Like, I can't hate. No, oh, ban it, <laughs> ban it. Ugh. But uh, I, I will say uh, that was a problem with Ruby and Sapphire. A lot of people didn't really latch onto, like as I recall, because um, you were getting you got rid of so many of the the old familiar Pokemon. Which is funny because it had phenomenal starters. Mm-hmm. Swellow was kind of a boss. Mm-hmm. Um, it had oh, the legendary golems weren't great. Uh, unfortunately, the trio was actually pretty bad in that game. You had Salamence. Salamence mm-hmm. was a boss. And Salamence, Salamence has stuck around for a very long time and has been powerful for ages and ages. Uh, Dusclops got a, got a uh, an evolution in uh, Platinum uh, and Diamond and Pearl and became Dusk Noir. <laughs> <laughs> what are we going to name this one? Eh. And so, like, I mean, Ruby and Sapphire, a Metagross, they had Metagross who is a supercomputer with four legs. That was pretty cool. And can use Meteor Mash and is the signature Pokemon of its champion. So I think Ruby and Sapphire certainly had its monsters. But yeah, like all anybody could think about was, oh my God, Masquerain, what the hell? Yeah. And or as I recall, that's, that's when I started <laughs> seeing like editorials about Pokemon has run out of ideas. I mean, it kind of had back in 2002. Yeah, I mean, that was really the that was really the nadir for the series, uh, as I was saying on Twitter, and, and all I could focus on back then was, oh my god, I can't bring my old collection onto this game. Um, I'm having to start all over. All I want is a Gengar, but it's not in this game. All I want is a Charizard, but it's not in this game. All I want is fill in the blank. Yeah. Oh my god, they didn't even have the Eevees in there. That's right. None of the Eevees. All I want is an Eevee. And that was one of the big selling points of Colosseum was, oh, look, you get an Espeon and an Umbreon, but they can't breed, so you can't get any of the others. Yeah. Buy Fire Red and Leaf Green. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Talk about cutting your nose to spite your face in, in, with Gen 3. Uh, thankfully, they learned their lesson, and Gen 4 was a, a lot better, not the least, because you would get the GTS and you could transfer everything again, and mm-hmm. they never had a situation like that again. But it was real bad. It was not good at all. No, as I recall, the the only thing they did that came close to doing that sort of thing again was uh, Black and White, where you had to finish the game with the new Pokemon before you could get access to the old ones. Mm, if I recall correctly, Black and White. Oh yeah, yeah, but that was fine. Yeah, that's fine. That like, was it, interesting. I can have- it's like I can understand why they wanted us to to give new Pokemon a try by all means, but you can't just take everything away and expect everyone to be happy about it. Oh, absolutely not! But it was like literally locked out, and so people were using Game Shark and going, "What? I'm just accessing the data that I paid for." <laughs> I, I was didn't like, even I know can't that. can't disagree. I mean, it's not legit, but whatever. Oh, so the the lesson is: don't hide Pikachu. People will find him. Oh, Pikachu was in. Oh, there. that's right. He was in. Of course, he was in Sapphire and Ruby. Why the hell wouldn't he be? But y- you yeah. know what I mean. You can't hide away people's favorite old Pokemon and expect them to like it. It wasn't just that they were hiding away all the best ones. Like they were, they had some original, some of the originals in there. Mm-hmm. I forget which ones they were, but there were definitely some classics in there, and but none of the good classics were exactly. in there. <laughs> That was super annoying. All right. Uh, one more question that I have for you, Nadia, before we move on to the last bit of mail. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's been, what, a couple months since the Nintendo Switch was announced? Gosh, Are you so. more excited than you were at, la- uh, at the announcement? Or with the benefit of some time to think about it, are you less excited? Uh, I think I'm about the same. Um I'm still very much looking forward to it. I would really have appreciated if Nintendo gave us a little more news <laughs> in between then and now, because I have to understand it. We're not going to hear anything new until January, which I guess makes sense because, you know, it's a holiday and everyone's kind of taking off now, but 
January is still quite a bit of time away, and I would have liked to hear something else other than, like, yeah, we're getting Skyrim. Okay, what else? I'm more but, uh, excited. I'm definitely still excited, like, don't get me wrong. Um, as as soon as we, we get uh, official announcement number two, whenever that happens, I'll be like, eee! So, yeah, um, I'm going to snap this up as it comes. Pokemon Stars would sell it for me. Yeah, yeah, I'd have no problem buying it on Pokemon Stars alone. I, if, if they have, like, uh, Mario as a launch title, and let's say even if they don't have Zelda and Pokemon Stars at launch, but maybe a, a few months down the road, um, I don't think that's going to hurt them at all in the long term. I think that's going to be a, a boon, if anything. Well, it'll definitely give, give people uh, something to look forward to. Yeah, it's not like the Wii U, which was just long spaces of nothing. Well, the Wii U had a terrible launch. Yeah, not very good at all. Not good, and then it didn't have anything compelling come out for like quite a while. Yeah, which I is mean, really too bad, because the Wii U has some fantastic games, just uh, not and not very frequently. <laughs> I feel like I feel like the Wii U's first like post-launch like system-selling game was Mario Kart Eight. Yeah, and that came ages afterwards. Yeah, 2014. Yeesh. That was that was a year and a half. Yeah, and as after I, the launch of the Wii U, I hear that one of the reasons why games were so slow to come out was because Nintendo was having a really hard time adopting uh, adapting to HD. So hopefully mm. they've gotten the hang of it by now, <laughs> and it won't be an yeah. issue with the Switch. It felt like Mario 2014 was the first year that we, we got like Mario Kart 8, mm-hmm. I think we got Bayonetta 2, we got uh, Smash Brothers Brawl, and all of a sudden it was like, oh yeah, okay, the Wii U is like worth buying now. Yeah, and if they'd had those games at, you know, a little closer to launch, then, you know, the system would have sold a little more, and I think that would have been more than enough for third-party developers to say, oh, okay, yeah, we support this too. Oh, but yeah, oh yeah, in late 2013, I think they had uh, Super Mario... 3D World. Yeah, which was a great game. Which was game. a good game. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. But I think that. it flopped. Did it really? Like That was the first Mario game to flop. Oh, that's a shame, because I, I like that very much. Because people were feeling overloaded by Mario at that point, because they had been putting out so many new Super Mario Brothers games. Yeah, okay, I can see that being... That's right, because that came out around the same time as New Super Mario Brothers 2, didn't it? It did. And, and that then, was not very good. And we hadn't had a proper Zelda in a while. Mm-hmm. Like, we got an HD remake of Wind Waker, mm-hmm. which... Did okay, but so people were antsy for stuff like Metroid, <laughs> Zelda, Smash Brothers, Mario yeah. Kart. They they didn't necessarily want another Mario game. Yeah, and I have to say, uh, even though New Super Mario Brothers Wii was a great game, New Super Mario Brothers Wii U was okay. It was just too much of the same, too close to uh, New Super Mario Brothers Wii. It was pretty. Oh, it was yeah, it was very nice, but uh, it didn't really have too many compelling elements to it. I barely remember it. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. It wasn't bad by any means. I mean, Mario games are rarely bad, but it, it wasn't. Uh, it wouldn't stick in your memory. We're gonna have to do like a full autopsy on the Wii U, like closer to the Switch's launch. And just we really like, are. What the heck happened with this game? This system. Yeah. Although I think we covered part of it right there. Okay, Nadia, before we wrap up, on what became kind of a, another uh, Pokemon-centric episode. <laughs> That's okay. I'm so sure we forgiven. have this email from Christopher McDougall, who is asking, the best Pokemon game for a newbie. Mm-hmm. He says, hi, Cat Nadia. Just listened to the Pokemon episode, and I, and I must say I felt like one of those kids who wasn't in the know as all the cool kids were making references to something so foreign. Aww. I have never played a single Pokemon game. When Red and Blue came out, I was in high school, so it felt a little too young for me, and I never felt the need to try any of them, though I always loved the monster designs. I liked Pokemon in high school. So did I. <laughs> it's a secret to everyone. It came out when I was in high school, but all the band kids were playing it, is the thing. Because uh, uh, all the all the nerds were hiding in band. Like, they were the kids who were playing Magic mm-hmm. and D&D, and were watching Evangelion. And we're definitely playing Pokemon in the open. We were trading and battling and shit. Yeah, but in my school, we didn't really have much of a. We didn't really have too many sports teams. I mean, Toronto schools, high schools, don't have anything in the way of. <laughs> did sport you have an official buttons. curling team? Please tell me you did. <laughs> we had um, our best team was lacrosse, oh. and uh, we had actually we had a really good female wrestling team. 
Um, they tried to recruit me several times because I am very small and built like a fire plug. <laughs> I bet you are. I bet you could just like take people down. I can. Oh, God. Um, I, I mean, hell, my, my main job used to be wrestling dogs in the grooming salon. But uh, unfortunately, fibromyalgia put an end to that. But uh, but yeah, um, the people who played Pokemon in my high school were like the tech nerds because we had like a real tech oriented school. And like we had like internet hookups before anyone else did. So we played our Pokemon quite uh in the open. Anyway, here you guys gush about the latest Pokemon has convinced me to try at least one of them. Yay! Yay! When you were talking about the little references to past games that bring about nostalgia, I felt really sold. I love when media puts in referential stuff. However, since I never played a Pokemon game, I wouldn't know any of the references. What would be the best Pokemon to play for a total new? I would like a good balance of gameplay and story references content, but I don't want to feel dumb if I don't understand a reference to a past game. Maybe it would be best if I played a, ga- a later game and then used a wiki to read about all the references since there's so much lore. I'm familiar with the original series and monsters since I watched some of the anime after school. Gengar is my favorite. <laughs> I would probably be the type of player that wanted to catch them all and prefers single player games. I love extras in games where new story elements pop up that reveal stuff about a character if you look about for it. I have no desire for the competitive game. And like Jeremy, I probably would choose to play dumb-looking Pokemon over the cool ones. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Chris. Uh, what do you think, Nadia? Oh, well, thank, uh, first of all, thank you for the letter. Um, second of all, well, we were just talking a little bit about... Uh, he, he said he doesn't care so much about the post-game, right? No, um, no. Gosh, I would say you really can't go wrong with Sun and Moon. Um, no. I find it has, like... It's a lot of fun to play. I have no problem with how it plays. The story's fine, as we talked about. It's probably the strongest story of all the Pokemon. That is, that's not to say it's not like, you know, Final Fantasy quality or anything like that, but it's compelling enough to keep you going. Um, the environment is very cheerful and friendly. The music's great. The characters are great. Um, the post-game, as you said, isn't so great, but uh, if you don't care about that and you don't care about the competitive scene, then it's not a big deal. Um, I would honestly go with Pokemon Sun and Moon because it doesn't even have that many references to old Pokemon series, as I recall. I think Pokemon Red for the eShop actually holds up pretty well. I, I I was thinking about that too, but it's like, um, it's so clumsy to play that now when you think about like even just navigating the PC and whatnot. It's just so... You, you can't go wrong with Red, really. It's so classic, but it's kind of like playing uh, the original Dragon Quest or the original Final Fantasy. Yeah, it's classic, but you really got to put up with some old-fashioned stuff. <laughs> I agree. I think the series marches inexorably forward mm-hmm. and you just, you keep playing whatever the latest game is. It's kind of like the latest expansion in an MMORPG and you can go back to the old games, but you're going to notice uh, stuff that is missing mm-hmm. and, or it'll feel clumsier uh, because Pokemon evolves at a very slow pace for a game about evolution. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> Sun and Moon introduces a lot of really great quality of life stuff, which I really like. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's more newbie friendly than pretty much any game in the series. And as Nadia was saying, I don't think you can go wrong. I don't think you have to understand the past at all to really be able to grasp it. I mean, there are definitely references to the Kanto and other regions and old monsters will definitely pop up. Um, Oh, yeah. And they do make reference to a couple plot points from Red and Blue for some reason. Yeah, um, some weird ones. And the the champions from Red and Blue show up. But On their honeymoon? at the same time, like, they will kind of tell you who they are. And you can go, oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. But, it, it doesn't leave you in the dark, put it that way. Like, even though it has no. some winks and nods, it, it's not very s- sly or snide about them. It's a yeah, pretty Pokemon welcoming game. Always, Pokemon has always been that game, that series that's like... It'll be like, with each new generation, it'll be like, new players, are you curious about this series? Yes. Come on in. It's a very accessible series. introduced through this lengthy uh, 20-hour tutorial to our to our series <laughs> that tells a story and lets you capture some monsters. Great. Are you set? Okay, now play the metagame. Have fun. Yeah. And um, honestly, if you like Sun and Moon, go ahead and work backwards. Yep. Uh, if you like Sun and Moon... Then give Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire a yeah, chance, and I'd even say Heart Gold and Soul Silver. Um, those are great. I wouldn't. Cat <laughs> wouldn't, but I would because I own Omega. I I own Heart Gold and Soul Silver. Uh, I actually I own Soul Silver, and I 
beat it, but it was a slog. Mm. And then I ended up buying Heart Gold much later in English. Oh. And I got as far as um, the bird. Shoot. The, uh, the, the bird. Ho-oh. Thank you. Why yeah. couldn't I remember it? I, I got as far as that and then just like never got around to finishing the actual game for some reason. I just, uh, it was too slow. Well, and if you do the like- music wasn't quite right and it was kind of bugging me. Well, if you do like uh, um, Sun and Moon, then yeah, I would definitely say go with Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire after that. And uh, just if you like that, then just keep on going backwards. Go back to Omega Ruby, Alpha Sapphire, um, or Red and Blue on eShop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you like then, Omega, if you like Pokemon up to that point, then yeah, it's safe to say, okay, go ahead and try the classics. And then if you still like it, maybe go back to Black and White. Yeah, Black and White was a very good one as well. And Black 2, White 2. Mm-hmm. Any further than back than that, and you start having compatibility issues. Mm-hmm. Because then you're like, say, if you're playing Heart Gold Soul Silver, you'll need a, a DS to be able to transfer your monsters over to black and white. Oh, that's true, yeah. If you can play black and white, if you play black and white, you can transfer it directly into the Pokemon Bank using the Pokemon Transporter app. Mm-hmm. Mm. But with Diamond and Pearl, you have to transfer it in game across two systems. To black and white. Right. So That's a pain in the butt. You don't really want to go any further back than that. So it's possible, but you need multiple systems. Right. But you have a good place to start at. Absolutely. Yeah. So sun and moon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bit of a cop out. <laughs> Sorry for the boring answer. But that's just what, that's just how the, the series rolls. By the way, Nadia, are you playing moon or sun? I'm playing moon. Are you liking moon? Oh, I love moon. Uh, it's actually, okay. it's actually funny. Uh, I recently spent the weekend at uh, several WWE events in Toronto, and <laughs> of course, I picked up tons of uh, street passes. And almost nice. everyone was playing Pokemon, and almost everyone was playing the Pokemon Sun edition. And- uh, yeah, because everybody always picks one game to play, mm-hmm. and inevitably, one color is always more popular than the other. Yeah, Black but, uh, was more popular than white. Diamond was more popular than pearl. Yeah. Cetera. But uh, I, I'm a fan of nighttime and moons and bats, so it, it was an obvious choice for me. I actually really like the legend from Sun. He's all right. He's a and l- I didn't want to be playing at night all the time. Well, he, I'm all, <laughs> here's the thing. I, I wouldn't have minded playing at night all the time. But since I, I realized, oh, oh, shoot, I'm up at night a lot. So I, I ended up playing during the day most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fair enough. Yeah. It's 12 hours ahead. Christopher, thanks for writing in. And if you want to write into us, uh, we may read your emails on Yay. the show. Yes. Answer your questions. Uh, talk about whatever you want to talk about. Um, you can recommend an RPG to us, or you can talk about some issue that you heard in the previous episode or something. Write to me at cat.bailey at usgamer.net. Drop me a line at DM at cat.bailey on the site, or send me a tweet at the underscore catbot. And by the way, Acts of Blood God is a U.S. Gamer podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or wherever you download your podcast. Uh, do us a favor. Please go and review and rate, rate, review and rate us if you like the podcast. Please. We haven't had a rating or a review in a little bit. Aww. So I would love more reviews. It would make me we happy. Want, we need people to spread the legend of the Blood God. We do. We need more converts. I'm happy to say that the podcast has been doing extremely well. Thanks to everybody who's been listening. Thanks for all your kind words. It definitely motivates me to record and edit this thing week <laughs> after week. Uh, so if you want to follow Nadia on Twitter, you should follow her at Nadia Oxford. Um, she always has interesting and funny things to say. Follow us on all of our social media channels, US Gamer, uh, US Gamer on Facebook, uh, YouTube, Twitch, the like uh do us a favor and like us on facebook we we try to keep it updated on a fairly regular basis um with all of our articles and you know jazz was posting like nifty arcade flyers Mm -hmm. and like old stuff and occasionally i do the pokemon of the week so we have a bit of fun with our facebook we do if i find a stupid picture i put it up there (laughs) you can count (laughs) on me for stupid pictures everyone else's information i have stupid pictures oh one more thing you may have been following uh, my Professor Katz Pokemon Journal, mm-hmm. which goes through all of the kind of the nitty gritty of Sun and Moon. 
Um, we've had a lot of Pokemon coverage oh, yes. over the past week because that is totally our jam. And also, uh, Nadia and I did a little debate on whether or not the Wii was a success or a failure. Mm-hmm. I was kind of hoping to talk about it on the podcast, but <laughs> we, <laughs> we got just... like totally sidetracked into uh, like 45 minutes of Pokemon. We so. did. Oops. So it goes. But yeah, it's been the ten year. It's been ten years since the Wii, the original Wii, came out, which is shocking. <laughs> wow, that is that is pretty crazy. It's also um, the thing I remember most about the Wii is playing Twilight Princess and uh, my cat. I had just gotten Cammy at that point, and she was a feral, so she spent the whole week under the the hutch, the China hutch. But then I was sitting there playing Zelda, and she just suddenly came out and sat on my lap, just decided on her own play listen, and watched me play Zelda. Aww. So I, I remember cute. the first time I played the Wii, um, uh, somebody brought it over to my house to try it out, and I was playing, like, the baseball game, and I was actually, like, swinging that bat like it was, like, actually a baseball. Yeah. Like, a, a, an actual a bat, and, like, my arm hurt for ages after that. <laughs> and remember the people throwing their Wii uh, remotes through the TV? That was a nice uh, little meme for a while there. That was totally a meme. Uh, <laughs> Destroy your TV for internet fame. And Virtual Console was a big deal. It was. It was. Yeah, like, Virtual Console, like, releases were treated as, like, a thing. Like, oh, my God, Mario 3 is out. Everybody play it. Oh, yep. my God, Super Metroid's out. Everybody play it. Ah, good times. Mm-hmm. All right. So we'll be back next week, as usual. And the big topic for next week is not going to be Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> or so we say. It's going to be Final Fantasy fifteen. Okay, I can deal with that. The moment has come. Mm-hmm. It's time. It's time to like really dive into Final Fantasy fifteen. It feels strange to say, but it's it's happening. Until then, uh, enjoy your holiday weekend. Yes. And have a wonderful holiday. We'll be back next week. And for Nadia and myself, I've been Cat Bailey. Thanks for listening. And until next time, happy adventuring. Thank you.